1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today.
0: One of the big questions is: What is money?
1: For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very
0: different databases. Do you
2: believe in crypto?
3: Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset.
0: Uh, I do own Bitcoin.
3: There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all, maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything about it, and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to some of the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. On this week's episode, we'll give you a quick market update on what to look out for during November. We'll talk about Elon taking over Twitter and what that means for crypto, and we'll also talk a little bit about the Bloomberg crypto story. We'll also talk about how Ethereum is helping to cure cancer. True story. My name's Tracy, and this week, the gang's back together. Craig is back from holidays. Craig, welcome back, buddy.
2: Thanks, Trace. It was great to have a break from you both. Um <laughs> <laughs> and the crypto market. I didn't even look at the price for like 2 weeks. It turns out the market actually pumped a little bit. So, maybe I'm maybe I should go away more often.
3: Uh, yeah, well, look, it, um if you did, it's nice to have a break, to be honest. It is nice to have a break and not look at the market for a while and get refreshed. So, yeah, a lot has happened, but um Let's have a little look at what's going on in the market now. We did have that that bit of a pump and um, there's been no major pullbacks from that little bit of a swing and we've got a new month on the horizon. October is behind us and let's have a little look at what's going on in November. So at time of recording, we've just seen the FOMC uh, be announced and that is a 0.75 point rate move. And what I mean by that is the interest rate rise, which happens in the US. Usually we see a bit of a market move when that happens. And there was a small move to the downside uh, last night, Australian time, when that happened. Uh, What we've also got to look out for is the US midterm elections on November 8th. And we know that when that happens, there's usually um you know it's not a good time for crypto if we look back to the 2018 midterms then btc plummeted 36.5% and eth also crashed uh 42.8% so not good what else craig
2: is i was just reading an article that midterms historically are actually good for the stock market but you're saying it's not good for crypto
3: it hasn't been good for crypto no i look back on that but historically it depends on on what their policies are and what they're saying. And what you, and you're and you right, though, because normally what they're promising is all great, fantastic things and they're all saying, I promise to do this, I promise to do that. Um, so a lot of things do get priced in. Uh, but historically for crypto, it has not been good looking at the last four.
1: So do you think if there are policies being put forward by you know, a particular candidate um, and there's either alignment or misalignment, you know, would regulation uh, result in you know, bullish Momentum, or do you think that the regulation would result in potentially a sell-off?
3: Your guess is as good as mine on that one. I mean, all we've got to go on is the history, and crypto has not liked it. But in saying that, who who has got some some positive stance on crypto? Who's got some regulation that they're happy to bring out that that favours us right now? I, I honestly don't know.
1: I think the stablecoin regulation is a big win for the sector. You know, if that's regulated, I could see you know, trillions of dollars coming across just to that particular sub-asset class within crypto and that just makes it much easier to trade crypto and it obviously supports a lot of the infrastructure and, you know, also things like exchanges as well, you know, because at the end of the day, exchanges support these sorts of products where, you know, other financial institutions, their infrastructure isn't as mature
2: yet. Mm, But also, Trace, um, you mentioned this FOMC, announcement but there's also a CPI announcement on November 10th which is the inflation announcement they reckon that'll be 8.2% and that'll most likely impact the market as well if that's a bad sign so I remember a few years ago no one even knew what these were now everyone's watching it like every when is, when is FOMC is that like quarterly that happens?
3: No, it's been monthly. So that's the Federal Open Market Committee mm. that, that gives that one. It's the same as here. So it's like the RBA with their interest rate, right? Um, so it's every month.
2: Yeah. Mm. Crazy. People are
1: waiting till inflation's finished, you know? I think we still got a little bit more to go, but um, hopefully we're coming to the end of the price increases that we see day to day. Moving on from that. Historically, November is a volatile month for crypto. Eth and Bitcoin have both had their best and worst performing months during that time. And I think that really follows on from what we we're saying just a couple of weeks ago, Tracy, how the volatility index was so low. And then moving on from that, you know, we expect to see more price movement. Uh, so in November in twenty nineteen, Eth and Bitcoin were both up over forty percent. And let's say that that was in a bull market or leading into a bull market. Uh, In November 2020, Ethereum Bitcoin were both down 20%. So really, it could go either way. (laughs) We
2: have CPI, inflation, (laughs) midterms, Elon punting doge. We have a little bit of a pump at the end. It's going to be like four or five different events that are happening this month. So... That's why you should DCA and maybe not worry about things.
3: Exactly, exactly. You get too caught up in these things and it's too stressful. Uh, honestly, if we have never seen a better case for dollar cost averaging in slowly and taking the stress out of it. There you go. So a lot of chatter through the Bamboo office this week and on WhatsApp, speculating on Dogecoin and the recent pump. Now, all of this is coming about due to one thing really – Twitter and Chief Twit, as he aptly named himself, Mr. Elon Musk took over at Twitter headquarters and shook things up a little bit. Firstly, he walked into the building with a kitchen sink. I'm assuming that's like sink in. I I don't know. And then went on a bit of a firing spree, letting most of the upper management team go. So we know Elon is prone uh, or very pro-crypto, sorry. So this is a big deal in our crypto world, which is why we're all chatting about it. Blake, you've got a bit to say here?
1: So Twitter has approximately four hundred and fifty million monthly users, and of course you're know, implementing a crypto wallet. I don't know how many would use it; it depends on its functionality. But uh, it's a big play, you know. Are they trying to you know, potentially compete with WeChat? You know, it's a social media platform where you message one another, um, and it has embedded wallet, so you can pay your bills and transfer money to one another as well. And you know that's one of the biggest. Your social media platforms in the world. So, you yeah, have potentially a lot of growth opportunities there to compete with other products. Uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, Elon has also talked about Twitter crypto payments and even hinted at Dogecoin um, being an option. So, yeah, Doge is 95% up for the week. And I think we were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago, Tracy. What's the most sure thing in this ecosystem? And the conclusion that we came to was yeah. that Dodge was going to pump, um, which is an unfortunate conclusion mm. to come to and it just describes the state of play. So uh,
2: that's where we are, folks. <laughs> Craig? Everyone knows that in a bull market, Dodge pumps. Yeah, he's there was leaked messages because for the Twitter lawsuit, there was a few mm. messages that were leaked and he was chatting to Jack Dorsey about... Um, you know, Dorsey, as you know, is a Bitcoin maxi and he was saying, you know, Twitter needs to be decentralized, needs yeah. to be private. So that's, you know, it's a conversation happening in the background, but he also said that he's mainly focusing on eliminating the bots and, you know, if it will focus on free speech and just, you know, just lately he said that he's going to make it $8 a month if you want a blue, blue tick and that will get you you know, you can use an NFT profile picture, and you know, you can assume that that little feature there will be where he puts in the payments, where he puts in all of his new releases. So he's moving pretty quickly. Yeah,
3: definitely.
1: It's like he's, it's like he's throwing the kitchen sink at it.
3: But dum bum ching. Literally,
2: literally.
3: He's also floated the idea of a monthly nineteen ninety nine payment to get that blue tick. I think that's what he was saying. Not nine ninety nine.
2: I think, yeah, I think he said 20 and now he's back down to eight because everyone said 20 is too much. He literally is just changing his mind. But also, I was thinking this yesterday, right? It'd probably actually be better if he does nothing with Doge but just hints with memes. Because if he actually does something, then that's the news and then Dogecoin will drop. But if he. Just has memes of his dog.
3: I just thought the big the big news for me, though, was him saying that he's coming back with or bringing back um, Vines. So apparently 69% of um, 5 million voters were in favour of bringing this back that he polled. And I think, yeah, like I said to you guys, it may be taking on TikTok, perhaps.
2: Well, the US government wants to ban TikTok. So if he brings back mm. Vine, Vine was like TikTok before TikTok. Mm. So he's a he's a genius. He could be mm-hmm. a genius, but
3: debatable. Um, or it could go to zero. Who knows? Uh, just to change that too, he has changed his bio now to Twitter complaint hotline operator. He likes a bit of a laugh though, good old Elon. And also with Doge's 95% jump, it's had a big rally over the last six months to be honest. It's actually replaced Cardano as the sixth largest cryptocurrency in the world. So
1: word, word has it, it has more functionality than Cardano but, you know, that's yet to be seen.
3: Let's leave that one there. There was a great deal of buzz this week and last week around Bloomberg Business Weekly's latest issue. It was a cover-to-cover issue on crypto. It's only the second cover-to-cover issue ever released by a single author in Bloomberg's 93-year history and the first one was about computer programming. So the parallel right there I thought was pretty interesting. It was a really cool issue. Craig, do you want to tell us a little bit more about this one?
2: Yeah, so I just said, Tracy, this guy, Matt Levine, who's the author, he's a pretty big deal apparently. I don't know any finance writers going around but um, a Twitter user said that you just know every regulator and your uncle's going to be quoting Matt Levine takes. So apparently he is a big deal in the finance world. So he wrote this story called The Crypto Story. So it was 40,000 words and he's pretty much going through the whole story story of the space and it was kind of interesting and got a lot of feedback. What did you think about it, Blake?
1: Yeah, I didn't read the whole story, but I did read some articles that covered off on the topics uh, that were outlined and discussed in the article. Uh, And you know what he really talked about was the decentralization, the proof of work consensus mechanisms and other consensus mechanisms, as well as DeFi and how important those things um, could potentially be in the future. Levin also explained uh, how crypto is poised to shape the future of finance by letting investors use blockchain technology instead of brokers and trade equity platforms. Uh, and it, you know, this really centers around the philosophical um, pillars of crypto with the peer-to-peer philosophy that it embraces. And we really love his conclusion you know, he highlighted the fact that so many smart people from traditional finance or trad fire, from computer science, um, from all these disciplines are moving across to this sector. Um, you know, eventually that. You know, these these really smart people are going to figure out how to make it work for everyone. So um, it's going to take time, folks, just like the internet took 20, 30 years. So uh, we're going to see the same thing here. And I think this is a really big you know, flag in the sand.
2: Yeah, he gave a great impartial rundown, but he's also made a lot of, you know, made it clear about the downside as well, pointing out that this model and at this stage, as you said, Blake, very early, has often led to rife of scams, Ponzi schemes, people getting people losing their money. I think there was a story, um, Tracy, that we didn't put in here because we couldn't find enough sources to fact check mm. it properly. But it was like approximately ninety five percent of the tokens on Uniswap yeah. were all scams. So when you give people the ability to enable peer to peer trading for assets that aren't regulated. Um, most of it is shit. Excuse my French.
1: You know just pulling it back to our previous story about you know Twitter, potentially a majority of the accounts on Twitter. Uh, bots and, you know, scam profiles. So it's just suggesting when you open these platforms up for anyone to use, it's going to attract a lot of bad actors.
3: Absolutely. But I wanted to round out this story with an amazing paragraph, again, written by Levin, which I think really sums it up. He said, my goal here is not to convince you that crypto is building the future and that if you don't get on board, you'll stay poor. My goal is to convince you that crypto is interesting, that it has found some new things to say about some old problems and that even when those things are wrong they're wrong in illuminating ways so I loved that that particular thing I think that was really cool so a bit of a mic drop moment and I will leave that story there but if you can get your hands on it and you've got some time then give it a read and with that we'll take a break and we'll be back with some information around Ethereum helping to cure cancer
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash
3: people today. You're back listening to the Crypto Curious podcast. This story started on Twitter last week and soon made its way all around socials and everyone was talking about Ethereum and the blockchain curing cancer. Obviously, that's a stretch, but there's a really interesting story here and I for one really love it. Craig, give me another reason why I should be going and buying some more Ethereum merch.
2: So yeah, Trace, this is a really cool real world example of how blockchain can be used for good. So earlier this year, a bunch of researchers wanted to study if artificial intelligence could help detect cancerous cells in the body, but they ran into two problems. I'll go through the first one now. So researchers can't just share sensitive medical data with other researchers because there's you know confidentiality, there's laws around it. So instead of sharing raw medical data, they decided to run AI models separately and share those results instead, but they were doing it through the blockchain. So they are verifying the data through the blockchain. But this led to a second problem, Blake.
1: Yeah, centralization. So the researchers couldn't run separate AI models, um, but they, I assumed that they were still storing the data on centralized servers. Um, and they had to bring the data together under one lab. And the lab controls the learning process on all of the AI models, and this is your know, centralized process, because it can lead to an exploit of the data being you know hacked. Now, you know this is pretty unusual because the you know the way that people store data is done in platforms like AWS and Google, which is extremely secure. And if it is hacked, it's usually because of you know a bad actor wanting to have a look and see what they're doing. So. Apparently, they secured the data on the decentralized network and used smart contracts to govern the access. And apparently, this was quicker and more precise um, for cancer diagnosis.
3: I think, you know, this is a really amazing story. And like I said, I did a bit of digging on this this week. And I think it's, uh, you know, two big powerhouses coming together Ethereum and AI, which is super cool. Um, and I really think this is a win for anyone when they ask you what Ethereum actually does. This is a real-world case that we can say now. It's actually helping to cure cancer, and it's actually doing that. So big tick for Ethereum in my book. On now to our short, sharp news bites. Craig's back this week, so we'll let him kick off first.
2: Yeah, another NFT partnership. Wow happens every week. But Exclusively got 5 mil to build a luxury NFT platform. So they're with Formula One and Bugatti. So they're going for the luxury mm. um, the luxury big
1: mm. brands. See how that goes. Cool. So Mexico is launching another metaverse and it's called the Island Shopping Mall. Um, so it's going to have 80 brands. Super exciting stuff. So uh, check it out and uh, maybe go buy some stuff.
3: Next we've got Art Gobblers, an NFT project from Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland, has done over 16,000 F in trading volume in under 24 hours. To put it in perspective, it is the highest trading volume in the last 30 days, and it did so in 24 hours. So this is pretty awesome. Um, Rick and Morty, it's got a huge following. There's something tricky about this one too. I think there's a...
2: Very controversial, this one, Tracy, because... This was actually a free mint. Was it? And now now the floor yesterday got to like 12th floor. So it's completely pumped. But this whole thing is talking – this whole story is going to a sub-story about NFT influences because people have gone through the data and all the influencers that have been shilling this project got like a bunch for free – Like you can maybe only mint one or two for free, but these influencers got maybe 10 or 20 and people are tracking back and saying, well, you're clearly giving the influencers. um, I
3: won't mention who pointed it out to me then on this channel because someone we know pointed it out to me. I didn't actually get one.
2: Did he get one?
3: He probably did. I didn't grab one at the time, probably should have, but he's been po- he's been pointing it out himself on his channel again. But anyway, I thought there was something else to this as well where it was it was jet- regenerative art, which I know is coming back to be quite favourable again with the NFTs. It's something that it's actually like forget the, the hype around what's happened there, but the art itself isn't it regenerative, but it changes as well. All right, let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to it later. Let's
2: put a pin in that, but well, I just want to talk about the influences because this is like a big deal because – What happens is these influencers, they get the Mm. right of way, they get the Mm. whitelist, they get 10 times more than anyone else, they tweet about it and they use everyone as exit liquidity. That is dodgy. It's completely rigged. Mm. It's not right.
3: Sounds like the ICO boom once again. Yeah, that is not good.
2: Literally is the ICO boom again. This is happening again. It happened with Goblin Town, and it happened with Moonbirds as well. So
1: I think it's really important. Then you know what we ended up seeing in the ICO space was that there was very clear disclosure about who was getting what percentage of the of the network or the percentage of the tokens. Um, so you could see if you know forty percent or fifty percent of the tokens or the NFTs are going to you know a group that may not. Um, you know, may not have a vesting schedule um, and may not be aligned with the rest of the community. Then you know that's a, a bit of a red flag to not participate. And you know, maybe NFT projects aren't under the enough social pressure to do this right now. But if this keeps happening, people are going to expect it.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I guess some advice to avoid being an influencer's exit liquidity is to not blindly follow an influencer. Do your own research, folks. Do your own research because that's. You know, I used to do that. It's in the ICO boom. I bet you all 3 of us have done that before. We had one influencer that we trusted, and no matter what they said, we just aped in, and we would 100% their exit liquidity once upon a time. So, do not blindly follow an influencer. Especially unless Tracy's shilling Ethereum because you know that's <laughs> that's fine. But these illiquid liquid small projects. Yeah. All right. Good info. Good info.
3: What's
2: up next, Craig? What's up next? Burberry luxury brand so they announced a collaboration with minecraft
3: oh interesting
2: collaboration (laughs) a lot of brand synergy there um same target market clearly so an in-game adventure in minecraft um from burberry they're going to do a capsule collection and extensions and experiences and yeah make it make sense
3: yeah what is going on
1: there yeah that, that makes me cringe but moving on visa files um went through trademarks um for crypto wallets and nfts trademarks don't mean that much because it's you know just a brand that you know they don't want anyone else to copy but it shows that they're developing you know new products and f- things in the space so yeah definitely um more to watch here and see how they how they roll out
3: and that's it for this week. Please do join us again next week. If you have any questions, please hit us up via our email, which is podcast at getbamboo.io, or you can find us on our social media channels. The links to those will be in the show notes below. And please do rate and review us wherever you're listening to your podcast now. See you next week. Bye. See you guys. Bye.
0: Cryptocurious is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.